Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 219th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy, sexy legends over at Audio Technica and Manscaped, but more on those guys and girls later. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me in the co-hosting chair, as usual, my podcast, Right I Die, the frog to my gecko. You can find her in them socials at Miss Ally Hart. How you doing today? What up? <laughs> the most obscure reference for all the listeners there. I we need to like peel back the curtain on that one because that yeah. has probably been one of my favorite conversations pre-recording of this podcast. Well, why don't we jump straight into it and uh, we'll, we'll sort of let, let <laughs> listeners know what in the Christ we're actually talking about there as far as frogs uh. and geckos. So, for those that don't know, um, the second episode of season two of The Mandalorian aired uh, about eight days or so ago now and there is um a character in in the in the episode we won't go into spoilers uh but she she's known around the internets and i think even in the in the credits as the frog lady but i dispute that she's a frog i think she's a gecko just looking at the looking at the head of this this frog lady very gecko-esque not very frog-like and that's that's where my bugbear is. Um, what about you? Where where do you sit on this uh, on this uh, on this fence? You like we were talking about the Mandalorian because I was talking about my actual hate for the child, and um, I know that that's going to bother a lot of people because he like can do no wrong. He is the it character of the Mandalorian. Everyone loves him. I can yeah. hear the pitchforks and. Uh, sort of flaming like torches, of torches getting lit yeah, right now so watch yourself they're coming they generally just park outside of my house regardless of what i'm saying most times anyway <laughs> so but that episode in particular just really goes to show how much of a little shit this kid is um and like like someone pointed out like i think it was meant to be comedy like i think it was meant to be like a chuckle moment but that kid was committing murder so um yeah don't like it hate the kid but then you said with such such strong confidence of yeah and can we talk about how they incorrectly call her a frog and then i was like but she is and then this all started where (laughs) it was this discussion about whether she was a frog or a gecko and yeah yeah like i've i've yielded slightly slightly because in Episode three of season two, there's a bit more of a reference to that character. That's all I'm saying that could lead mm. me to go, okay, maybe you're right. When we started to go down like the the herpetology um, wow. <laughs> animal tree and things like that and looking looking at the, the life cycles of a frog. So I'm mm. like, okay, maybe. But I feel like the way she, she moved in that second episode, yes, very frog-like. Uh, more jumping as opposed to as, as you like displayed crawling really fastly <laughs> on the walls but the head to me it's it's pure gecko so maybe, maybe yeah. this is like, so I, like we are in space we are in 
weird planets. We don't know much about these ecosystems and the creatures that inhabit them. So maybe this is like a frog gecko hybrid. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to settle with that. I had to meet you in the middle because when you did actually reference what her head looked like, I had to go back and look and I'm like, you know what? You are right. It's actually very gecko-like, but I'm thinking it's just a design flaw. So Yeah. Yeah. John but- Favreau, what are you doing here? You, you, you're ruffling all these feathers. All these herpetologists out there are just up in arms trying to work out what species of creature this is. But yeah, um, Mandalorian though is phenomenal. It, it keeps getting better and better. And yesterday's third episode of season two is brilliant. That's all I'm going to say. I you haven't, haven't watched, watched it yet. yet. Yeah. A lot of people out there have watched it and a lot of people are like almost unanimously saying that this is some of the best stuff in in the Star Wars cinematic universe, film or TV. So more of this, please. Uh, yeah, can't wait for the next episode with just some of the things that we'll reference. So, excuse me, it's just going from strength to strength. But um, I guess something else that was was pretty strong this week was uh, obviously next gen is now officially upon us. Both consoles are available with an asterisk, like uh, pre-orders, <laughs> if you got them in on time, there's a chance you've got either the Xbox Series X or S as well mm. as the PlayStation 5. I managed to secure both. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess we could maybe talk about our 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 console journeys in, in that regard. My um, mm. Xbox situation, as everyone knew, JB Hi-Fi left me in the lurch. Um, I got a text message, I think... Last weekend, just after we finished recording, telling me to pay for the rest of my pre-order that was due to get delivered on the 7th of December, JB Hi-Fi. So uh, I'm not doing that. I'm uh, not going to pay for that because apparently I get my um, deposit back if I just let this lapse after a week. So that's cool. I get my my $50 back. Mm -hmm. But instead, I did something that I'm not especially proud of, but the FOMO and the desperation... uh, was running through my veins and I secured an Xbox Series X day one edition through the the, the gray market, you could say, known as eBay. Um, yeah. I bought someone else's pre-order off them, uh, some young young gentleman from, from northern Brisbane. And I, I paid above market price. So $750 is the, is the market price. I paid above that, but I didn't pay anywhere near as high as some of the other listings doing the rounds. Like oh, okay. here in Australia, um, I was seeing a lot of them go for like 1200 bucks, 1300 bucks, things like that. So near double. Uh, full disclosure, I paid 950 So it's still 200 more, but it's also where I said openly, I think on this podcast a few times where I'm like, I'll gladly pay this amount. So I paid where I was comfortable paying. So I paid more, but I still got what I wanted. So I think overall, that's a win for me. Definitely a win for this young fellow from uh, <laughs> from North Brisbane. But it was stressful because I don't have a car right now due to that storm I mentioned. So I had to like get an Uber, Uber to, to this gentleman's location, um, managed to convince him to sort of meet in the, well, maybe not so the middle, it was more closer to me than him, but he didn't really know that. Um, met there on the morning of Tuesday at like eight in the morning in a McDonald's car park. Nice. So like my Uber driver thought I must've been doing drug deals. Cause I'm like, I just got to go there, pick up some stuff, just wait. And then we're going home. Um, so yeah, got my Uber to and from, got my Xbox, <laughs> got home, got it set up. Happy days. Couldn't be, couldn't be more happy about that. 
Uh, PlayStation 5, on the other hand, Amazon day one paid for priority shipping to have it on the Thursday the 12th. Thursday the 12th rolled around and it had not even shipped uh, as per the status updates. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a bit of a complaint to, to, to you guys on the chat as well as um, to Amazon through their customer service because uh, it was allegedly going to be arriving on my doorstep this coming Tuesday. Uh, but then um, Thursday night rolled around and I got a shipping notification that had arrived at the dispatch facility, which is 10, 15 minutes away from my house, mind you. So I could like drive there and pick it up. Then the Oi. next thing, it, it arrived on my doorstep yesterday. So uh, I've got the PS5, got the Xbox Series X, got them both set up, uh, love and life. Uh, but that's my experience with the with the acquiring of the equipment. Where do you stand on that? Maybe then we can start talking about some games and what we've got planned as far as a bit of a deeper dive on, on these consoles. Sure. So like uh, our experience was uh, with the Xbox. We got the Amazon email where they were saying, hey, just, you know, let you know your delivery may uh, come by December or it could just come like earlier. But the thing is, <laughs> is that um, Amazon already kind of had like, a projected date on when we were getting it. We weren't going to get it on Tuesday, but it said Thursday. So we're like, okay, that's fine. Um, and then with the PlayStation, we pre-ordered one at uh, Best Buy, but we also decided to shoot our luck on Amazon as well. Uh, we secured both. Uh, <laughs> so, um, we're currently uh, on Thursday. Um, we got two deliveries. So we got a Xbox Series X, uh, digital not digital sorry um disc version and then we got the um, amazon one which was a digital uh playstation and Mm -hmm. uh, my husband had to go to best buy to pick up our disc version playstation 5 okay nice so (laughs) we're currently in possession of two ps5s and one xbox (laughs) um but the ps that's good the the ps5 is going to uh, a cousin so nice um, so yeah, so uh, we we got everything on Thursday. Um, luckily enough, my husband enjoys the setup process, so I just like sat back and watched him like set it all up. Um, and I only really got to play like with the Xbox briefly. Just played a little bit more of Yakuza, like a dragon. So um, just get a little bit of a hands-on experience. So probably play it more this weekend. But um, at this stage, yeah, still really haven't touched the new consoles. Well, just um, just an FYI, I know there's probably some people out there that might pay above market price for one of those PlayStation 5s. Oh, we know. Um, <laughs> we know. I've heard there's some suckers out there that will do such things. So Yeah, no. So might as well go to some, someone that we know that would appreciate it. So Yeah, no, Plus, that's nice. Yeah, we got a new TV for it as well. So Yeah, you did. You got that 4K yeah. HDR and all the, the high refresh rates. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome to see so much positivity and happiness on the socials from like people within our circles getting these consoles setting them up talking about those initial experiences and things and it seems overall it's been a fairly painless launch week i guess for the people that were guaranteed uh it seems like most of the the local shop fronts had their situations under control as far as the the pickup process on the mornings of and what have you. So it's it's yeah. nice to see um, what what we're looking at doing here, uh, which which we sort of half mentioned on the fly last week <laughs> with the consoles is we're going to bring out sort of two like uh, THG pocket episodes next week. One focusing 
on the Xbox Series X slash S and the other one on the PlayStation 5. Just deep diving, I guess, more about the hardware and our experiences in that regard. Um, so I thought maybe we'd just talk about maybe some of the games we've been playing this week and, and leave a lot of the the next-gen deep dive until we, we sort of do that whole and sole focus next week. So we'll have a couple little mini episodes dropping between now and the next uh, THG, which is 220 uh, highlighting those two platforms but um i won't spend too much time on this first one i am so embedded and immersed and obsessed with assassin's creed valhalla it is not funny um i think when we recorded last weekend i said i was maybe like 25 to 30 hours in mm-hmm. um i'm now over 70 hours into this game <laughs> i have been playing it non-stop uh and and then jumping from the Xbox One X to the Xbox Series X, the load times are non-existent. Like they used to be when you're fast traveling around the map, you could be anywhere from 30 seconds to 90 seconds waiting for load. This shit's like 10 seconds maximum now. Like, so I've got no time to aimlessly scroll on my phone, no time to pat the dogs or whatever. It's just game time all the time. So that's the first thing I've noticed. Graphically... It's a, it's a good little bump. Like, it's not huge, like, massive game changer. Like, the game looks completely different, but just mm-hmm. the environments look better. The lighting looks better. There's more detail in the characters' faces and whatnot. But I am so in love with this game the more I play it. Like, and I feel that I'm getting towards the end. Like, I think I said, stupidly said last week on the episode, I felt <laughs> I was maybe, like, two-thirds through. No way. No way in hell. Like, I feel <laughs> this game is never going to end. I've probably got another 20 hours, I reckon, maybe to see the back end of this story. But yeah, like it's great. Like I'm I'm so immersed in this sort of uh, Norse world, the the characters, the combat now, the skill trees, some of the the story arcs you go on, like would be spoiling it if I mention it now, but we're doing obviously the spoiler cast, hopefully this coming week with Australia's John O'Peck, where I can go deep on some of the stuff that happens, but it is so good. Mm-hmm. so good and i can't speak highly of this game enough but i'll I'm park glad. that there i'm glad yeah. this game was everything that you wanted it to be because i like i remember when they first announced it i remember like all the development like you had like all your chips in for this one like you already like had a fascination with like viking and all that time period so i'm glad that this worked out and it's the game that you wanted so oh yeah it's it's scratching so many itches and it's the the better thing too is it's like i'm not alone on this island saying how great it is like a lot of the reviews out that are out there are best game in the assassin's creed franchise or best game in in years and it's you know eight and a half to nine to nine and a half out of ten and things like that so it seems mm-hmm. pretty universal that this game is hitting a lot of the right notes for everybody out there and i hope more people are playing it from what i can see um it seems to be one of the the more popular entries into the franchise like um they're saying that on launch twice as many people have played valhalla on launch uh, this past week we're talking like monday may the uh, monday 10th of november as opposed to um odyssey and and even origins uh the last few years so there's certainly some hunger for valhalla so uh that's awesome (laughs) And then on the other side of the fence, I thought I need to, I need to experience both next gen, or current gen, I guess we could start calling it now, uh, platforms. Now that I've got them in the household, and and I started playing uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales yesterday, 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not 70 hours into this one, let me tell you. I'm about <laughs> three. Uh, so I think I'm, I'm maybe three-tenths of the way through the game <laughs> based off average runtime. But it's so great. The character's phenomenal. Anyone that's watched like Into the Spider-Verse, um, mm-hmm. there's some options within the game where you can not only wear, excuse me, the Miles Morales suit from Into the Spider-Verse, but you can also put a couple of abilities on that changes the frame rate down so he moves similarly to that to that movie as well as pops up with some of the combat animations, you know, the bams and the thwacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that little wrinkle on its own is great because it feels almost like you're, you're playing the same game but it's a different game when you, yeah. when you experience it like that. So that's a really nice touch. But this game's got so much heart. The combat is super smooth, super smooth. The, the traversal and the web slinging, phenomenal. Uh, the story itself, I'm really digging it, really digging the characters. Uh, you know, Miles and his crew and, and the Tinkerer, who's the, the, the big bad in this episode, really great, really fleshed out. So I can't wait to, to finish that over the weekend. I know, you know, it's eight to 10 hours on average. So yeah. I know I can commit to getting this sucker knocked out over the weekend. But so far, really, really enjoying my time with that. Great launch title, definitely recommended for pickup. And it feels like it's going to be a full game it doesn't feel like it's just a dlc expansion like um and a lot of people that have completed i saw our old australia's john opeck mentioned yeah. that he rolled credits on it last night and he said it feels like a complete game it's not just a little bolt-on that's overpriced it's it's well worth the investment so mm-hmm. yeah my, my next gen experience so far has been great it's been outside of the the <laughs> The logistics and things like that it's been painless like you talked about the setup of these consoles uh really quick really smooth on the xbox side there's an app um you, you gave issues. me a funny face maybe not we, so far. we had issues okay really smooth for me <laughs> really quick for me yeah no our xbox setup um like it Make, try to make it sound as easy as you know download the app and do this kind of thing and we kind of ran into like a slight hiccup um but you know once we overcome like overcame it it was relatively easy after that but yeah we just just yeah we hit a hit a wall yeah unfortunately i think outside of obviously that those day one patches that you've got to download to get your console or your dual sense as well up to date mm-hmm. it was super quick like the, the console oh. was was booted and, and ready to roll within a handful of minutes and then after that you the fun part is the reinstalling or migrating of, of games and things like that. That was the part that took a little bit of time, but overall, I've been really happy. What about you? You've been playing a couple of couple of new ditties as well. Yes, unfortunately, not on the uh, the next gen experience. Unfortunately, uh, both titles on PC, so uh, I guess technically it's kind of that experience. But I won't <laughs> open that up. <laughs> Master <laughs> <And> Race. <laughs> Uh, so uh, on Tuesday, Destiny 2's uh, expansion Beyond Light dropped, a long-awaited new content that everyone, you know, was kind of hoping for, which is, I, I think a lot of people were kind of expecting for, like, the the beginning of, like, Bungie taking the reins of uh, Destiny, um, kind of making their own thing eventually. So I think it's, like, the fifth expansion uh, for Destiny 2, I think destiny um and you are now on jupiter uh a place called europa and um, you're actually working with a character that i adore called uh, varix um some people might remember him as the warden um, of the prison of elders 
mm-hmm. and um, he's essentially trying to stop the uh, fallen Kel uh, Aramis, and she's like harboring the darkness. Like I know for a lot of people that don't play Destiny, they're like, "What the hell is she talking about?" <laughs> English, but- Ali, speak. <laughs> <laughs> speaking in tongue. Um, but yeah, so this person's harboring the darkness, which guardians are used to the light. Um, but she's harboring the darkness to destroy the traveler who's back on earth who's looked after the guardians and everything so eventually we actually get the power which is called stasis so we're kind of using it to combat against her um in regards to my experience so far uh, i really hit a hurdle trying to complete the story missions and being below light level and i really hit the struggle bus hard um, so, um, full disclosure, someone told me about the easiest way to level up, which is repeating a strike on EDZ. So I did. Soft light cap, le- level cap, uh, is currently, uh, I think it's like 1,200. Jesus, so- that's, that's a big jump. Like we were, last time we played, I think I was like 10, I loaded 50, in, 1060. Yeah, I loaded in 1,050. So <laughs> I, d- I don't know how everyone else loaded in but the hours low so unfortunately i it, it was kind of sad because usually i like to push through the story whenever they drop content but because i hit that hurdle i kind of have to stop the story back up and then just yeah. pretty much do a lot of things that i was very familiar with before so um but i am a professional on that strike now now that i repeated it like 20 times over really um, was it that amount you did it that like you did it like 20 I, times i did it quite a lot um i i went from like you know 50 to like 100 and oh what 100 and like maybe 150 160 just to like really like build up my light level um because there is a raid coming up whether i'll be doing it or not you know remains to tell i'm not usually a person who gets to you know compete in raids but um overall um Overall, I do like Europa. Um, it the map feels big. It feels extensive. Uh, the enemy, the new enemies that they've kind of introduced with this like ice element that we're not very familiar with, the stasis. Um, it's good. It's different. Like it's you know challenging in its own ways. Not really seeing a lot of new weaponry um, at this stage. There apparently has been drops of new weapons, uh, but we really haven't seen it too much right now. I've heard a few people who've completed the content already. People who have already gone um, beyond the soft light cap. They've already reached to, you know, the highest level possible. But, you know, these are like your typical Destiny streamer grinders and Mm. everything like that. So everyone's trying to be raid ready uh, because it's my favorite time of the year where friends get together, do a raid and break friendships instantly. (laughs) It's the best. Um but <laughs> overall, like, I am looking forward to getting back into it. Um, I know you um, is going to jump back on as well. Um, so it would yep, be nice I'm to... In. I'm in. be nice to kind of, you know, take you under the wing and maybe even show you this strike. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm the little brother in this regard. So, yeah, take take me through this strike a, a dozen yeah, or so times to, to get the gear up. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but, yeah, for, for the most part, um, there's also the this Cosdrum... Cosmodrone is open again and I don't know a lot of OG Destiny fans will possibly remember the Cosmodrone and going back there was crazy like it was weird it was really really like really really weird to see that all again so um it's a good time to come back I I think a lot of people um 
you get to play it for free i think on is it xbox game Pass? on xbox game pass you get you get destiny 2 and like nato informed me of this yesterday i've i've i hesitated to to jump on and play it on xbox again because i thought naturally they're going to be charging you for the beyond light expansion but on game pass it is free as well so anyone that wants to to rumble on on destiny 2 and play the the new hotness it's free on xbox game pass and the awesome thing with it too is uh with with your your cross save Mm -hmm. we could jump on and play on pc right now and then later we could jump on and rumble with excuse me with nato and co on the xbox and that save and that progression will carry so i love that there is that synergy there so i'm keen as a bean to to try it on not only the pc but the xbox series x uh, because playing destiny 2 on the xbox one x which i briefly touched on a few weeks ago it was rough the the load times and the rendering and just the the overall connection and um, rubber banding in that game was fucking painful so i'm hopefully uh hopefully not going to be encountering any of that when uh, when i boot it up on the on the series x well nato's has been playing it on his series x and he said the load times have just gone like they've reduced dramatically because i did have a friend who said he stopped playing destiny because on the console the load times were horrible um so i could imagine i could imagine it would be frustrating so um yeah so if anyone's interested you got your xbox game pass give it a try um it's a bunch of new stuff and new enemies story looks like it's actually really good once i can really dive into it uh with your light level but um so far, I'm enjoying it. And I look forward to um, diving into it a bit more with you. Hell it's always yeah. fun to play with friends. So. Oh, yeah. It's just like, it's one of those games, yeah, there's a narrative there, but it, it's almost secondary to just the gameplay experience you have, like jumping on, shooting people, having a laugh, playing some strikes, doing some PvP. Bungie blah, blah, blah. is trying to, you know, be a bit more narrative forward because a lot of people kind of complain that there's no essential story there there is actually story but it's kind of yeah you have to look for it but um yeah. i personally think destiny is just great you want story have some story you want to play pvp <laughs> play some pvp <laughs> have some pvp <laughs> yeah, have, have some pvp so um and i always have you know gloated about destiny's gun handling i always think it's quite smooth so some of the tightest game gunplay in any type of shooter out there first uh-huh. or third person it is just perfect it's nice. So nice. been playing that one and I'll probably be playing that one for a long time anyway. So um, the other thing that I actually got my hands on was Bug Snacks. Oh, uh, that little ditty. That little ditty. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, Bug Snacks oh, done by... I can't a... avoid it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's great. If you don't have that song stuck in your head, I don't know where you've been. Um, yeah, so Bug Snacks done by an indie team, uh, Young Horses. Uh, this game has been in development for a few years now from what I, what I can tell. Um, but this, this game is, it's, you watch the trailer and it's kind of like, what is this game? What's this game really about? And essentially it's an adventure puzzle kind of game where you're taken to an island and you're this journalist and you're investigating bug snacks um because you're following uh this traveler explorer extraordinaire called lisbeth and um you reach the island she's missing uh so you're kind of getting to know everyone else on the island you're also learning about bug snacks bug snacks 
the best way I can describe it is like Viva Pinata and like Pokemon Snap. Okay. It's, okay. it's kind of got this wonderful combo of like elements of that game. Now, I'm a massive Viva Pinata fan. Um, so the fact that this game is scratching that itch, because Lord knows when I'm going to get another Viva Pinata. Mm. Um, and there's something absolutely endearing about. Not only the characters on the island, which I thought grumps, grumpuses is what the, you know, what they're called. What the the kind species. Is called. Yeah, they kind of have, um, like, they've kind of got this, like, Muppet look. Um, but they're, they're all quite adorable. They've all got their unique personalities. And obviously, they've got a bunch of tasks that, you know, you can help them with. But one of the things that you can do is you feed them bug snacks. And then their body parts change. To these yeah, foods. to represent the snack. Yeah, some of them are quite disturbing, especially if you feed them anything sausage-based. But <laughs> <laughs> some of them just look great. Um, and the bug snacks in general, like the actual bug snacks that you can capture, collect, um, they're adorable. I There's some ones that I absolutely adore. There's one called Spuddy, and he kind of like looks like mix of like a like a crab and a spider but he's like a baked potato that's the best he's covered in foil and he's got like the little potato up the top with a little bit of butter um there's something called a sub sandopede so it's like a like a millipede centipede but it's a sub sandwich um there's a snackery which is a daiquiri oh god i'm you wouldn't believe i've spoken about strawberry daiquiris like twice this week to two different people. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's I, bizarre, but... I don't um, know what that says. Uh, <laughs> I like strawberry daiquiris. That's all it says. Okay. <laughs> but these characters are cute. Um, there's a list of like actors who are like voice actors, especially in gaming, who got involved. So it's quite adorable to know that these, you know, professional voice actors had to kind of quote the lines because these are very similar to like Pokemon where they say their name. Okay, and, that's that's their native tongue. Yeah, and like the one that you encounter pretty much at the start is called a bunga and it's a burger with like curly fries for legs and you're just like walking around and you just hear it like bunga 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 <laughs> and I'm just like I don't know how many times where I'll just be minding my own business and I'll just be muttering to myself bunga bunga bunga. <laughs> so, um it's it's a stupidly cute game. Like if, like I said, so if you're a fan of like Pokemon Snap, if you're a fan of like Viva Pinata, it's it's I would say that the gameplay has elements that are quite simple, but then there's other parts where they don't really throw you a bone. They you have to figure out how to capture these creatures. You have to pay attention to what their likes, their dislikes are, how they react with each other. So that's the puzzle element that kind of comes with it. Um, and I, I'm. I'd say I'm still at start early stages as a game, uh, but I can't wait to get back into it because I've only unlocked so many of the bug snacks. And as you open certain areas of the map, you open more bug snacks to collect, you know, and <laughs> collect and feed to people to see how you mutilate their bodies. So, um, is is yeah. it a is it a permanent change? Like when they eat <laughs> when they eat a bug snack? I'm guessing that's the singular term. A yeah. bug snack. A bug snack, um, yeah. Is it a permanent change? Like when they, do they have like permanently have hot dog arms or is it like a time-based thing where they'll then go back it's to like looking you, like themselves? Yeah. Or 
<laughs> so no, so they, they they keep it permanently, but you can always go back and feed them something else to change it. Um, oh, okay, but they'll never uh, go back to how they were. No, no, so far. Wow. No. I'm thinking the way the story's going, maybe. Maybe they're trying to investigate that. But um, at this stage, yeah, if you feed them something, it stays that way unless you feed them something again and replace it. So, and I'm a bit of a stickler. Like, I'm I'm pretty, like, I've got my things. Like, I'm purposely feeding people ribs to give them legs so they've got bony legs. And then <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer feeding anyone um, a sausage anymore <laughs> because it's a little it's disturbing. Too, too many form. sausage appendages roaming yeah, the island. A, that one's throwing me off a bit. Um, the character is actually called a weenie worm. <laughs> It's a little hot dog that, like, moves around like a worm kind of thing. See, this is what I love about this game is that there's just this cute goofiness. Like, it's not taking itself seriously. You know what you're in for with this game, you know? So I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, And I, 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 this one is free on PlayStation Plus. Yeah, yeah. So. Like, I, I got – that was one of my first that I got on the download as well when I, when I powered up the PS5. So, yeah, anyone that's – that's looking for a game, even if they didn't get the next gen or current gen, I guess we should start calling it. Um, you can get it on the PS Plus store and play it on the PlayStation 4 for, for free if you've got PS Plus. So Exactly right. You, you got nothing to lose there. Get it get it downloaded. Even if you don't feel like intend on playing it straight away, just make sure you get it added to your library. So that way you, you're not going to lose it because it's exactly, going to be yeah. recycled at the end of this month into some new games. So just make sure you, you add those titles to your library because it's free. Oh, it's you know, it's a paid service, but in essence, you're getting you know a handful of asterisk free games every month. So uh, make sure you add them in. And yeah, Bug Snacks, it looks cute. Like I, I love quirky games and I love snacks. So it's a game I definitely want to play. And I didn't think that a cartoon, you know, kind of animated game would do this, but it made me so damn hungry. <laughs> 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 I'm hungry now thinking about yeah, these things. Like I can't tell you how much it like made me I'm like, man, I could really go a burger right now, or man, I could really go a sub sandwich right now. So the game succeeds. So it's nine thirty um, in the morning here and I'm already thinking about ribs. Like Exactly. I need to hunt down some ribbies today. And I want to give a little honorable mention to the Queeble, which is a kiwi fruit, but it's it's got the spoon in it, which is its nose. <laughs> It's just the design concept for this must have been so much fun. So I give it to Young Horses because I could only imagine just sitting in a room and just pitching, just pitching all these animals, like these bug snack creations because it must have been a ton of fun. Yeah, they just, just spent hours in, in Woolworths or Walgreens just looking at foods and things. And go, that can be this and we can merge this together and this is how to become a little creature. And mm -hmm. yeah, so. Un unrelated but related it weirds me out that people eat kiwi fruit. Some of them like bite it and eat it like an apple and eat the skin. Have that's you seen wrong. people do that? Yeah. That's wrong. That's very wrong. But I think a lot of people who do that compare it to the the same consistency, like texture as like peach. Like some people eat yeah, a peach. It feels, it's a lot fuzzier than a peach though. Mm, yeah. I, I don't I, know. Yeah. People these days. People these days. All right. Quick bit of housekeeping. Uh, obviously, 8bit.net is your central website hub. But if you want some more direct links, shop 8bit.net to our official web store, 8bitnation.net to uh, our more community-centric links. So we're talking our Discord, Facebook groups, and things like that. Uh, if you want to support us monetarily, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash we are 8bit. For the low, low price of $1, you're going to get early access to the 8bitcast as well as the Hungry Game Show. 
which we've also just recently obviously released episode 11 of the hungry game show on patreon it's going to be dropping on the hungry games rss feed or it would have dropped by the time you're listening to this on the regular hungry games rss feed and it saw reese kirby battling tactics ogre let us cling together so give that a listen uh, if you haven't already uh, episode 12 of the hungry game show is going to be our first uh, multi-contestant battle uh, and the game in question is World of Warcraft. We're actually going to see Ooh. Maddie Stallone from Audio Technica as well as streamer at Panda TV going head to head against each other and the game itself, uh, which is World of Warcraft. So that's going to be fun. Uh, could be a complete dumpster fire. I haven't, uh, you know, tested this scenario yet, but I think it's going to be a good time regardless. So get ready for that to come out in the next fortnight. But should we get um, some more serious discussion? Uh, sort it out before we move into the, into the news, Miss Hart. What do you reckon? Let's do that. All right. So episode 219 of The Hungry Gamers is brought to you by our new favorite partners over at Manscaped. And we are here to remind you all to keep your D-pad clean and level up your game with the leaders in below the waist grooming. Listen up, fellow gamers. If you want to maximize the look of your joystick, start taking notes as we activate a Mario star for your undercarriage. The first thing you need to hear about is the Perfect Package 3.0 kit. It is loaded with everything you need to keep your Buster Sword looking big, bad, and sleek. It all starts with the Lawnmower 3.0, complete with advanced skin safe technology by a way of the patterned ceramic blade. You will feel safely slicing your way through the pubic hair enemies of Gaia in no time. It, how was that? <laughs> I, this is fun because Brendan writes this stuff before we actually get going. So this is always fun to read, people. <laughs> you know what else is fun? Uh, a ton of liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Some of these liquid tools for your family jewels include the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant for your Pokeballs. This is a total game changer. Why are you not already putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body, people? Next up is the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner that not only refreshes your bait and tackle, but also gives you a little pep in your step. The perfect package also comes with a nifty travel bag, disposable shaving mats, and a set of the comfiest anti-chaving boxes you have ever worn. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. All right, listeners, we've got a special promotion for you. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code 8bit at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code A-T-E-B-I-T. Remember, listeners, nobody likes a messy controller. Nobody. Nobody. This week's news headlines. And the first bit of news, it was breaking and developing very quickly this morning uh, for us in the AU and obviously different time zones, different periods around the world. But the original story uh, and initial updates uh, read like this. A frightening situation is unfolding at Ubisoft's headquarters in Montreal, Quebec, according to local Montreal news sources, Le Journal de Montreal and TVA Nouvelles. Possibly dozens of people are being held hostage in the building Ubisoft, um, in the building housing Ubisoft Montreal at the corner of Saint Laurent and Saint Viateur streets. Montreal police have confirmed an operation is ongoing in the area, and this progressed for a few hours. Um, a lot of hysteria, a lot of uh, sharing of information, false mm. or otherwise, on the social medias uh, happened very quickly and progressed for an hour or two after that. 
but we've just received a major update in the past hour. According to TVA Novellas, the situation at Ubisoft's Montreal offices was a swatting-style hoax. Nobody was injured, although Ubisoft employees barricaded on the roof and in conference rooms were not aware that there was no threat. Police are looking to find the person who sent the threatening call that set off the crisis. Obviously, they're going to keep us detail, uh, keep us updated as more detailed emer uh, details emerge. But thankfully, it seems the potential for real danger has passed. Yeah. So first and foremost, whoever did this, go and get fucked. You're a piece <laughs> of shit. Like, yes, you thought it was funny, but you deserve a big old punch in the face and a big old kick in the ass because this stuff is never cool. Um, my goodness, though, what a situation. It was horrible, like, especially being here in the States and obviously in line with Canada, just seeing, um, pretty much it was on my Twitter feed, just seeing it kind of develop where people were just getting notice of like, hey, this is all we know, this is what they're doing, nothing's been cleared up, and then just seeing it kind of develop. Um, based on the information that was provided, there was like one of the members who was on, I think, like a meeting or a call, and then just out of nowhere, they suddenly had to just drop and like drop out of the meeting and just you know vanish so it seems like yeah at some point they probably just got noticed that there was you know a situation and then all the people or the teams either were either safely escorted out of the building and then some were still in the building and then moved to the roof it was just a lot of hysteria but then like it was, it's a scary situation especially with people in the you know developers in the gaming industry i mean they face death threats and all kinds of threats, insults, just really stupid shit. And then when mm -hmm. it reaches this level where they they genuinely think that their life could be in danger, I mean, that's fucked up. It's absolutely stupid. So I'm glad that everyone's safe. I'm glad that the situation's under control. I'm happy that the Montreal police, you know, acted the way that they needed to in order to get the situation under control. They didn't, you know, jump in unnecessarily so but yeah in the end it just shouldn't have freaking happened no way no way no how and this this kind of action or this type of situation it's it's not cool it's not funny it's not edgy don't ever do this like don't ever think that i'm gonna bring this type of potential hysteria and then the fear that would be cut like cast immediately upon this person or group of people that you are swatting like it's not cool in any way shape or form so i hope this person gets gets confirmed and the full weight of the law gets thrown at this person and they get jail time or whatever i don't really know the intricacies as far as the the canadian law system i was over there i was a moral citizen while i was so i have no idea as far as the severities but mm. yeah i hope this person gets gets what's deserved because this kind of stuff is not good and anyone thinking of doing this don't slap yourself in the face do anything but because this stuff is so stupid and completely uncalled for and not justified no matter what type of coolness you think it's gonna gonna lead to or how funny it's gonna be this is people's livelihoods like and and just the thought of these people in this situation like yes it was a hoax but you don't know that. if a person in this building could have existing health issues like this could lead to someone having a heart attack or you know some type of um you know anxiety or stress based attack that could lead to to real ramifications and, and potential seriousness in that regard too so it's it's not funny never will be never has been just pull your damn heads in yeah 
And I just hope that doesn't, you know, create any stupid freaking copycats in the future. So. Oh, yeah. Yep. Sadly, sadly, it won't be the last time. Like as much as we preach on this and as much as, you know, our listeners and the vast majority of people in this, this gaming landscape are good, normal, kind people, there is a few people out there that just think this stuff's fantastic and, and love this type of morbid insanity and yeah just just don't i think that's the biggest thing just don't yeah go play bug snacks go go turn people yeah. into hot dog arm appendaged people instead or something you know give someone some pretzel legs oh god i love pretzels so much love pretzels you know what the world loves though mm. ghost of shishima which obviously playstation exclusive is now sold more than five million copies sony announced this week that uh, the number of sales since its release in July makes it the fastest-selling first-party original PS4 game, according to PlayStation Worldwide Studios boss Herman Hulst. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, everyone is hungry for Ghost of Tsushima and that samurai life. It is great to see. Uh, obviously, it was a big uh, step out of their usual comfort zone as far as the studio at Sucker Punch, but they have nailed this game everyone is hungry for it obviously we've got an alleged sequel already starting to get uh hashed out mm-hmm. uh we've had the ghost of shima legends mode drop last month as well right uh, including multiplayer and the raid um awesome 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 good to see uh unlike um if we flip the script uh, or it's not in the docket here but uh marvel's the avengers are uh, <laughs> completely tanking and uh, apparently the studios have lost like over $40 million on that game uh, due to it selling, I think, about 3 million copies total, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's sort of a, a stark contrast to, to Tsushima here. Yeah, like when I kind of saw that story about Marvel Avengers, like, like I know I personally said this game doesn't look interesting to me. I don't like it. Like, it just looks boring as shit. Um, but... <laughs> To me, boring to me, shit. But it, to me, it was. Um, and then, but seeing such a dedicated fan base, like a lot of people, push this title and like you know grinded out this title and really, really love this title. So, and I did feel like if like it was a lot of people playing it. So then to only see this kind of like report, we're saying that no, not a lot of people are buying it, and then no, not a lot of people are playing it, which we found out like a couple of weeks ago, where mm. you know then the numbers had dropped dramatically. So is that just good marketing? Like what what was happening there? Because they're not making the the grade that they, unless they were depending on, you know, having transactions in game. Which they do, and and they've probably made a few dollars off people in that situation. Uh, Like, I think we've talked pretty substantially at length as far as things they probably could have done to to keep the hype going. Uh, Yeah. The the parallel release of the Spider-Man character this week with Next Gen and Miles Morales coming out just seemed like too smart a thing to do, and yet... We don't even have a have a month, like a window roughly of when these current coming out. Like Kate Bishop's coming out uh, sometime in the next month. But outside of that, we don't know when old Peter Parker's making his way to the game. And, and I think that would have been great, sizz- great sizzle. Sony could have hyped the crap out of it because it's an exclusive to that platform. But mm. I don't know. I don't know what Square are doing over there and, and Crystal Dynamics. It just seems very strange to me and... I think this game is, it feels like it's doomed 
Yeah, possibly. Doomed, like, I tell you. Maybe Doctor Doomed. Nice. Um, I, <laughs> nice work, Dad. Um, <laughs> so maybe they'll come back. Maybe they'll they'll maybe they just dulling out for the end of the year, and then they'll maybe come back in full force next year. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. it didn't look good. It's just I just don't know. If- what's going to bring the players back to that game because there's so many games starting like now next yeah. gen now current, do, what do we, do we still call it next gen what do we do because it's, it's here current now. gen yeah it's current, it's current gen. gen now yeah. now now current gen is here they're just the influx of all these games between now and and the next you know the next 12 months it's they're gonna sort of just be like a wave that's just gonna crash over the top of avengers so i don't know how many new characters you can announce and bring in that's going to pull a player base back to it with things like the games we've been playing obviously in countless other ones like demon souls and things like that we haven't touched on uh, cyberpunk next month yeah and then we've got you know countless other games slated for 2021 like i don't know how it's going to claw player base back i think this game is in a lot of trouble mm. Mm. but anyway Anyway, some other other sort of financial-based news. Borderlands and Grand Theft Auto publisher Take-Two has agreed on a near $1 billion price tag to snap up British racing giant Codemasters. Take-Two announced earlier this week that it had shaken hands on a $994 million US dollar deal, which is expected to be completed in spring of 2021. Codemasters' most notable IPs are the Formula One and Dirt franchises. I was surprised at the price tag to be honest like yeah i know they're two big two big ips and i guess the formula one license would not be cheap mm-hmm. uh, to have that exclusivity but it's just it's interesting take two are diversifying their portfolio a little bit here because they don't really have notable racing titles in their catalog but now they've got two of the biggest yeah i mean you know take two is usually um you know, got some kind of connection to sports um but yeah, I mean, everyone knows how I feel about racing games. Um, I know the Dirt, um, the new Dirt title has been relatively successful. Um, Very arcadey. Were... I was watching um, was watching Tilby stream some of that the other day, and it looked really fun. Mm. Really fun. I got to ask you this question because I asked him while he was racing too. Is mm-hmm. uh, when you play racing games, do you do like the the third person view, like behind the car where you see the whole car in front of you, or are you like a cockpit looking through the windscreen type of driver no i need to see i need to see what i look like from the top okay yeah no i'm i'm a i'm an in in cockpit type of type of guy usually because like in those kind of racing games especially the ones that are more like just you know especially like a formula one i always feel like the interface is usually quite like blocky like it's i feel very obstructed i feel like my viewpoint's pretty obstructed so i usually go Mm -hmm. you know look from the outside Certainly method to that, Matt. Like it makes sense because, yeah, you do see then not only the cars beside you and what's coming up, but, yeah, you're not blocked by telemetry and all that stuff because, yeah, you don't get a huge amount of real estate through the windscreen in some of these games. No, I really don't think so. And I think it's easier also to kind of memorize the map and just see what works when it comes to navigating the map as well. So like taking certain corners and everything like that. So fuck for a person that does like racing games. Jesus. Yeah, we're getting surprisingly deep here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next bit of news: Halo TV series recast Cortana with the original voice actress. Cortana, the AI that assists and occasionally turns on Master Chief throughout the game series, was originally due to be played on TV by Natasha McElhone, 
who was cast in a dual role, also playing Cortana's creator, Dr. Catherine Halsey. But due to scheduling difficulties caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, McElhone can no longer complete her work as Cortana, but will continue in the role of Halsey. Step in Jen Taylor, who reprises the role she played in Halo 1, 2, 3, Reach, 4, 5, and as Microsoft Virtual Assistant on Windows devices. <laughs> Taylor has also played Catherine Halsey in the game series, but that won't be the case here. It's not yet clear if Taylor will play the role in person or lend her performance to a full CGI character. So there you go. Uh, what it's old is new again. <laughs> We've gone full circle as far as who portrayed who and a bit of cannibalization and mixing of the same same actresses here playing roles and mixing roles and shifting roles. Um, I just don't know when and if this series is ever going to come out. Like we've had so many stop starts with the the Halo uh, cinematic universe, I guess you could say. Uh, they've had a few releases here and there, but yeah, I don't know. And I don't know how this is going to translate to TV. Like, but it's cool that it's making progress. <laughs> I. I... I don't. I had no investment on the Halo TV franchise. I was a bit curious how they were presenting this. I, I assumed it was going to be CG, like full CG, like like nah, um, live action, baby. Yeah. So that's always risky, isn't it? Yeah, like live action sci-fi with aliens. Like it's it is a risk, and just tonally, I don't know what it's going to be portrayed as. Because like yes. Halo has some some serious themes and storylines and a lot of death, but it feels like it's it's more Star Wars than Aliens, I guess you could say. Yeah. If we're sort of gonna go the routes, like it's more action with a bit of lightheartedness, I'd say, and especially with the, the character models and things, as opposed to Aliens with um with the Marines and stuff. Yeah, oh, it'd be it'd be cool if they kind of went like a Starship Troopers route. Oh my god. I love that movie so much. The sequels can go burn in a ditch, but I love the original so, so much. Oh, so yeah. much. Yeah. You know what? I haven't watched that in a while. I need to watch God. that again. God, that uh, that movie just sort of flames the global lust for Denise Richards that, that most males and, and other people would probably no <laughs> doubt be feeling. She is, she is something special. Rico's Roughnecks. Let's go. Now I want to watch Star. Let's just stop the podcast and go watch Starship Troopers. All right, everyone, pause the podcast. We're <laughs> it's all been watch fun. Starship Troopers. <laughs> Are you doing all right, your part? and the the last bit of news: uh, PS Five is suffering from a download queue bug. Uh, so this isn't like a global thing, but just be careful because um, yeah, it is causing games and apps to be caught in a queued for download error state, with the only current fix seemingly to factory reset the console. The bug, which has been suffered by at least three members of IGN staff, among many reports popping up, appear to occur when a product is first set to download. The bug can then seemingly take two forms, either listing the game slash app as queued for download or as having suffered a download error. Both will prompt you to check the downloads menu, which then shows nothing. The upshot is that your game is stuck in limbo, it won't download, and it can't be cancelled and re-downloaded. In all cases among those three IGN staff, the PS5 library will show that you own the game slash app, but checking the PlayStation 5 store will say that you don't, asking you to purchase it. So, uh, oh boy, like, I haven't encountered this. Uh, I don't think 
You've encountered this. But I did have some weird things when I was downloading the games where like the download was going, then it paused it just for some reason itself like it paused it. So I had to go back in and and restart the the Miles Morales uh, download twice, which was a bit annoying. It sort of delayed my time to be web slinging, but these things aren't to be aren't like aren't a big surprise. Like yeah. when new hardware comes out, there's always teething problems and potential bugs hiding in the back end <laughs> OS. So probably won't be the last we hear from not only the PlayStation Five but the Xbox Series X and S as well. Yeah, like, and there was the other one that apparently was news to both you and Jono, um, where a lot of people were reporting playing the Miles Morales Remastered Edition, having issues where putting it in, like, rest mode and then trying to access the game, encountering an error that not only, like, crashes the game, but has been wiping people's actual game files on Spider-Man. And then there's maybe been a few reports of the actual console bricking as well. Ooh, so it's, it's scary. It's scary. It's That's very the scary. thing, right? Because <laughs> like reading that myself, like I'm like, do I should I load up Spider Man or should I just uh, should I hold back a little bit? It's it's interesting. Like I for both consoles and, and all previous consoles, I like the rest mode for the consoles because all your updates and downloads can get done while your console is is sleeping while you're not playing so mm. most of the time when you're going to boot your boot your equipment up that game is going to be the latest version so you can jump straight in you don't get sort of stuck with our oh, multi-gig download before i can jump online so i'm a rest mode fan and i was I'm playing morales last night and um i went and i think i went and um made some dinner and stuff and had the playstation 5 still running it did go into rest mode and switch switched off into its idle state but i booted up save was there the game kicked on straight away no issues so i'm lucky so hopefully it is a bit more of an outlier for people because yeah you don't want those things um my biggest fear with with all these new consoles coming out is you know another red ring of death situation that uh that hurt the xbox 360 way back when but i'd say the amount of r&d and and factory acceptance testing that would have been done with both these platforms they would have ironed out those kinks and potential internal hand grenades but uh yeah just just be careful with your hardware that's the main thing i guess i think everyone can take (laughs) take that advice to heart amen amen okay the uh final part of the podcast tweet of the week and this one comes via the higher ups at xbox and the tweet reads this we can't believe we have to say this but please do not blow vape smoke into your xbox series x (laughs) For the gamers. <laughs> yeah, for the lamers. God. God. <laughs> Flavoured e-smoke. But anyway, but I guess, it, I, don't know, I was going to say it's healthier than cigarette smoking. I'm like, to a degree, people have died vaping too. So uh, don't. <laughs> I think you fucked either way. Just don't smoke. How's that? Anyway, back back to the topic at hand here. So what happened this past week with the, the console releasing on Tuesday uh, videos started to emerge on social media of consoles in air quotes overheating and spewing smoke through its vents on the top of when it's mounted like obelisk style mm-hmm. so on the vertical and people began to to quickly question whether these videos were real or fake uh, with with seeing smoke coming out there was panic all over twitter like oh my god what the fuck my xbox is gonna catch fire yeah. but then we've they did some digging and found out that there was people uh, yeah, blowing, sm- uh, blowing vape smoke into the console 
and showing this this um this fake potential console burnout. So yeah. uh, Xbox <laughs> tackled it head on and nice short, clear, concise tweet. Yeah. Uh, common sense, really. You know, we talk about it a lot here on the Hungry Gamers. Be smart. Think about it. Don't yeah. be an idiot. Yeah, please. We'd make that our tagline now. Forget say yeah. hungry. Um, yeah. but <laughs> I'm so was, hungry. I'm still thinking about ribs. I'm starving. I've got chicken waiting for me. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I just, you win. I do win just for today. But just in regards to this, unfortunately, it's it also stems around the kind of console war bullshit. So, you know, unfortunately, now a lot of people are just using vi- that video as a point of reference of being like, ha ha, sucked in Xbox kind of thing, even though it's been debunked. It's got people saying it's not real. Doesn't matter. It's in circulation. It's going to be a thing that people reference from now on just to, you know, one up an Xbox owner or you know and then playstation will have their things so just let people enjoy shit yeah yeah you don't need to you don't need to be in the blue army or the green army or whatever like we're all gamers we're all having fun we're all excited after this this release this past week with with current gen uh now firmly in our in our hands like uh aaron greenberg said it nicely as well he he tweeted as well obviously the head of marketing for xbox he said put down the vape and pick up the controller yeah, and I I think I could not agree more with that, you know, and, and just park your hate, park your your need to try and be uh, team Xbox or team PlayStation, just be just be team gamer. You yeah. know, be happy that both these consoles are out. Be happy that they're both having enormous amounts of success from what we can see, and just be excited for the future with a lot more great games coming out. And um, yeah, it's just a good time to be alive right now. Obviously. A lot of bad shit still going on in the world. I'm not trying to dismiss and downplay any of that. There's still a lot of things that people need to be worried and concerned about. But if you're looking for a good distraction and some good escapism and to be safe and in your house and avoiding COVID and all that, it's a great time to to immerse yourself in these new generations. Exactly right. The year's been bad enough. Don't add to it. Yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. And um, I thought we could probably put a bow on this episode, but uh, leave the listeners with a poll that we wanted to unpack uh, on the next episode of THG and wanted to find out. Uh, we'll put it on the Twitters as well, obviously, but if you feel like writing, and obviously hello at 8bit.net on those emails or at we are 8bit on them socials. Uh, but wanted to find out which console did you get? Did you did you land on a PlayStation 5 discless or digital edition? Did you get the Xbox Series X or the Xbox Series S? Or did you get both? And let us know why. Which Why did you lean PlayStation or Xbox? Let, let us know your feelings. Uh, we want to unpack that on the next episode. So we'll have some links up on the Twitter at We8Bit as well. But yeah, get those, get those cogs turning. The best answer or most unique answer or just the answer we enjoy the most, I think, mm-hmm. will win themselves a set of Audio-Technica in-ear headphones as well. We'll get those sent out. So, uh, yeah, let us know. Let us yeah, know. This has been episode 219 of THG. Miss Hart, anything else you want to say before we get on out of here? Yeah, I just want to give a shout-out and recommend everyone give a watch to Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Auntie Donna is an Australian comedy sketch group. Probably maybe seen one or two of their videos on YouTube do the rounds. They've managed to score, uh, I think it's like a six episode little little stunt stint on Netflix. So give it a watch. Support some Aussies that, you know, have been at it for quite a t- quite some time. So give it a watch. 
So that's Auntie Donna's big old house of fun. I was scrolling Netflix a couple of nights ago and I saw that pop up. I'd, I've never heard of them before oh, um, really? in my little bubble. I didn't even know they're Australian, but that's that's cooler to know. So I'll I'll, I'll give their first episode a watch and see how it goes because, um, yeah, it's available now. It's, it's good to see more Aussies breaking into that uh, global market and Netflix could be a nice springboard for them. Yes, exactly right. It's really absurdist comedy. Like it's really wacky, but, you know, it's, it's Australian, so support. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, Epic Nation, this is the end of episode 219 of THG. But until next week, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. What was your favorite color in the Five Flavor Lifesavers packet? Red. Oh, red. See, I was green followed by red. Ask me about gobstoppers next time. Okay, done.